What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick Delatore, and today we got a we got a spicy hot episode. This episode could be referred to as a spicy hot tamale. We got the one and only Jason Everett here with us today. Jason, how are you feeling? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, super super excited to have you here. And later tonight, after we film this, uh, we have the YB Catholic event. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we have the Sex, Love, and Porn event. If you know anything about the stuff that Jason talks about, the stuff that he's an expert on, the stuff that he loves to share, good news about to people like you and me, um, you know this is going to be a spicy hot episode. So all that stuff is coming up right after this. This is The Awakened Catholic Show, and if you enjoy the stuff we're doing here at Awaken Catholic, and in particular this show or any of the other ones, then you could join the Awaken Nation. You could become a part of what makes all of this stuff possible by making a small monthly contribution, whether it's the size of you know one of those little uh, tall. What do what does Starbucks call the the small cups of coffee grande? You know, and then mocha laka frappuccino, and then they like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they translate the bigger ones to venti, which is like Swahili or Italian or something. That's Anyways, right. whatever your b- budget and bladder can afford, you could do that to help out here in this ministry. And um, you know, you could pray about making it part of your tithing. Check out awakencatholic.org/slash/donate to join the Awaken Nation and get a bunch of exclusive content that no one else gets. Additionally, where you can get all of the Awakened Catholic content and interact with brothers and sisters in the faith and, and who are considering being in the faith all over the world. Um, like we've been getting some people, we have someone just joined the app yesterday from Southeast Asia. Like there's, there's people everywhere searching for more, searching for community. And if you're one of those people searching for a less toxic, uh, a less, you know, uh, nausea inducing experience of social media, then you could check out the Awakened Catholic app. You can search for it on the App Store or the Google Play Store or just use your browser on your laptop or desktop computer. That is all I had to, you know, deliver as far as that stuff goes. Jason, welcome to the Awakened Catholic Show. Again, thank you for having me. Absolutely, sir. So, um, I, you know, you're one of these guys that when you speak, the words that you're saying are are, are transformative. Like, they're, they're, they're pivotal in, in the sense that literally someone can pivot their life uh, at, at, at the inspiration of, of hearing the stuff that you communicate. It's stuff that, you know, I know that you are a, a deep lover of, of John Paul II. Mm-hmm. I know that you um, that you talk a lot about some of these themes of the dignity of the human person mm-hmm. and, and why chastity uh, is so intrinsically important to relationships and even to like our own health mm-hmm. as people. Yeah. But like, you know, you're this international phenomenon and like, how did you become you? <laughs> how did I become me? <laughs> oh, I mean, just doing what I loved. I yeah. mean, you know, when I was in high school, I started helping out on youth retreats. And then when I got to college, I was leading the high school retreats and just loved being with the young people. I mean, that's where my heart was at and uh, started to speak on chastity. And, you know, the door started flinging open. And before you knew it, it was 100,000 kids a year. and been doing it for like 22, 23 years. And so wow. to me, it's just like God gives you your desires, your loves, your passions as his gift to you. Okay. And if you say yes to him, you know, he can take care of the rest and open the doors that he wants to. Yeah. Amen to that. Did, yeah. did you come out of the womb loving theology of the body? 
Oh, no, not exactly. That's kind of what I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. about is no. what was that like? Yeah, no, I was, I was raised in a Catholic home. I mean, I went to mass on Sundays, grace before meals, but that was pretty much it in terms of the extent of the devotional life within the family. I mean, solid, great pair of faithful, you know, loving parents, um, but didn't really discover theology, body, all that stuff until I ended up at Franciscan University of Steubenville. And then that was the first time I really heard kind of a winsome explanation of the church's teachings on human sexuality. I knew mm-hmm. it was the right thing to do and this and that, but just seeing the the beauty behind it. It's like, how come they're so busy telling us in high school everything we're not supposed to do mm. and not telling us what we are supposed to do and what mm. love really is supposed to look like and how to build that. And so I've tried to make that a focus of our ministry instead of just giving them a litany of thou shalt nots, you know, really helping them to find the desires of their heart, which is authentic love and lust is just the counterfeit. Yeah, I found that to be, so, so you're saying that there was um, an instance at Franciscan or in general while you were at Franciscan, well, it was a, it was a gradual process for sure, but it was so much of just being around the people living it out. Like okay. I remember, I wanted to date with one of my a girl I was dating at the time, and finished the date. It must have been like one o'clock in the morning. We decided to swing by the Adoration Chapel downtown in Steubenville off campus. So we kind of go under to the basement of this church. It's one o'clock in the morning. Place totally empty except for one guy just sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament with a Bible on his lap, and it was my professor, Doctor Scott Hahn. And it's like, <laughs> okay, this guy, this guy talks the talk. Yeah, you know, he walks it. That's He's not awesome. just up there, you know. Here the theology that is like one o'clock in the morning away from his wife and kids they are all tucked in bed and he's there before the master. Wow. And uh, just seeing other husbands, like teachers, like, Hey, come on to my family. We'll play a rosary together after, you know, dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'd never prayed a family rosary before at that point. I mean, prayed to my family, but just to see it lived out, you know, was, is contagious. Oh my gosh. That, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. And, and what's hard is to see it lived out poorly is equally contagious. Oh, yeah. And that was a big part of why I left the faith. You know, I attended Catholic schooling. I had a Catholic, um, a couple of Catholic households because my parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you see, you know, everybody at my Catholic school, in my homes, like everybody loved me. Everybody wanted the best for me. Teachers, mm-hmm. by and large, were good people that now I would have a lot of fun with if I ran into them. Yeah. Um, but, when you're operating from a place of not having encountered, mm-hmm. ha- not having had an encounter with the person of God, the person of Jesus, and having had that transformative experience where you you have this realization, this epiphany, um, where you, you're like, whoa, my whole life has to be about this. Mm-hmm. Um, like until you have had that, it's really difficult to hear someone say that you're not like living the faith the way you could because you're like, well, I'm a Catholic. I'm going to mass. I'm doing this thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not murdering people. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I think that the, it's a hard thing to understand until it's happened to you. But man, so much of my Catholic education, like we were being taught the stuff, mm-hmm. but we weren't being taught the person Yeah. Um, in, in the body language, in the way that they you yeah. know, would behave. Um, and I fault nobody for that because that's not you know, they, they, it's, they didn't know what they didn't know, Mm. you know? And I think that we are seeing a really cool transition now. Um, but man, once, once you have had that, like the cool, it's not like you're magically like a better person overnight, but it, but what, what I have found to happen in my experience is that like, I suddenly have my eyes opened, like the light is shining in my life, the light of Christ in a way that I can see all the stuff going on in the dark corners in a different way. If I'm, if I choose to, Mm. You know, yeah. So I, I think that, um, yeah, the the lived example, like you were saying, that you saw with Dr. Scott Hahn, that's so huge. Yeah, right. absolutely. Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall, seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset? 
visiting and venerating holy locations of the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. This fall 2021, join select international tours with Claire Swinarski from The Catholic Feminist, author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awakens Show, Naked Without Shame, on a once-in-a-lifetime Sun River Cruise pilgrimage. Join our friends at Select International Tours and Cruises with over 34 years of experience. They are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage. To learn more, visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Bon voyage! Okay, so uh, what would you say was your because you know we, we we've been addressing theology of the body a couple times here how would you describe in a nutshell yeah. that yeah to someone who has yeah. no idea what we're talking about yeah well i mean it was five years of wednesday audiences that john paul ii gave these theological speeches from the 1970s to 80s and it's dense i mean it's like 500 pages of really dense philosophy and theology but the the core of the idea is that you're made in the image and likeness of god okay we've heard that mm-hmm. god is love okay so you're made in the image and likeness of love and love isn't something in isolation. Love is a communion of persons and life-giving love. And so our bodies, despite what modern culture tells us, are not meaningless. Our bodies are meaningful. Mm. And they reveal this the call to make ourselves a gift. And it might be to make a gift of yourself in marriage, maybe a gift of yourself in service, in a single life, priesthood, religious life. But life makes sense to the extent that it becomes a gift for other people. Mm. And that's when life makes sense. When we're all navel gazing and it's all about me, life just seems senseless. But Mm -hmm. I realize like I have been created by God and stamped into my body as not only my identity is male or female, but my calling to make a gift of ourselves. And so Mm. it's a reorientation of the whole way we view the human person. And, you know, and he does delve into human sexuality and in such a beautiful way though, like, and I'll just give you just one nugget that I think will be a a teaser to make someone want to learn about it. He talks about like when we grow in purity of heart, he says that what, what can happen is that a husband can actually give his wife what Eve first experienced with Adam of having all the peace of the interior gaze. And what he meant by that is that when Adam first looked upon Eve before sin, he saw her body as an invitation of love. He saw the goodness of her as a person, her dignity. He didn't see her as something to be used for a selfish gratification. And a woman's heart is very intuitive. She can perceive from a hundred yards away, if a guy's looking at her as something to be used, she can, there's this restless vulnerability, this resentment that it creates. But if a man is growing in purity of heart, he actually has this ability to give his wife the peace of the interior gaze. I know I'm being looked at with love and reverence. Mm. And so purity isn't the absence of desire, but the presence of this purity of heart to love rightly. Mm-hmm. And so this resonates with people. It's like, yeah, I, I want a woman was, I want to be looked at rightly. I want to, yeah. and a man wants to love rightly. And, mm. and, and, but the way he portrays things is so beautiful. In fact, when there's a Bishop, I was hearing one of John Paul's talks. He was given to a bunch of bishops that making the, the gospel attractive to the modern world, even though it's really demanding. And a bishop went up to him and said, how do we do that? Like attractive. How do we make the gospel attractive to the modern world? And he said, John Paul became very serious, like a philosopher. And he said, it is necessary to understand the soul of the woman. All these things that have promised to liberate her contraception, abortion, premarital sex, have they not enslaved her? But that one line if you want to make the church's teachings on human sexuality, the gospel attractive to the modern world, 
it is necessary to understand the soul of the woman. Wow. And isn't that what everyone wants? And every, isn't that kind of what every guy would love to figure out? Yeah. Wow. You know, and so John Paul got it, though. I mean, he was such an amazing human being, an amazing listener. And then John Paul, the theology of the body just flows right from that heart. Gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So in your own life, going back to to your story, you uh, you went to Franciscan. What was it like? You know, you grew up as a Catholic, but did you always like have a fire for the Lord? Did you always, you know, were you brought up in like a charismatic home or, or what was, the, what was your personal journey with the Lord there? No, I mean, I had never even heard of the charismatic movement before I got to Steubenville. Okay. And I remember my parents dropped me off on campus. They left and I sat next to the guy who was like the most charismatic guy on campus mm-hmm. and the mass started and he started doing all, and I'm like, mom, dad, you know, like, come get me. What is this going on? And so it wouldn't, it wouldn't ever into the big, you know, Uber, you know, charismatic stuff. I mean, raised in a Catholic home, went to life teen youth youth group, which is really good. That started to really foster my conversion. We had a great confirmation program. Um, so it was, it was a very gradual thing because in high school, I was living in two worlds. Like I had one foot yeah, okay. in the world, one foot in church and kind of just sitting right there on the fence and be like, I got my church friends. I got my not church friends mm-hmm. and going to youth group and looking at porn and vandalizing. And like, it was just, you were vandalizing yeah, yeah. Oh, some things, not everything. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know, yeah. Were you one of those guys like tagging buildings? Or? Oh, oh no, we were worse. Oh God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't art. Yeah, no, it was, yes, this is not even modern art. Oh boy. Uh, you know, but I mean, just, but doing the stuff the same day as youth group meetings and like, mm-hmm. it's like, I got a foot on a dock, a foot on the boat and they're starting to drift mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, pick one. And, and just, there's this rift of just like, I'm hanging on my friends and they're looking at porn and they're doing this and I'm doing that. And it's just like, pick a lane, buddy. Mm. And so, but it was just uh, the authenticity of the people that youth group and, and the joy that they possessed. And like, we did some service work down in Mexico and I'm with these poor kids, don't even have shoes. And they're a heck of a lot happier than I am. Mm. They got God, they got family, and that's pretty much it. And I've got a two-car, you know, garage, and we've got a car, brand new truck when I'm 16 years old, and like all the friends and all this, but like miserable and, you know, depressed and even think like, is life even worth living? And then seeing people in abject poverty with nothing but the richness of their faith, it's a wake-up call. Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious, I can relate to that double life thing one hundred percent. That was that was not not right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that right now, honey. We're good. Uh, no, but I I think that's so hard, and I think a lot of people can relate to that probably right in different ways, maybe to varying degrees. Maybe maybe you're you know watching this or you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, well, that's nothing like me. I don't vandalize. That's okay. There are other ways to sin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, gosh, that's that's really interesting. I remember I was uh, one day I was driving home from school, my best friend. And he pulls his car to the parking lot of a pornographic adult bookstore. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm going to go in the nudie bookstore. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, don't go in some nudie bookstore, you filthy little pervert. And he's oh like, well, I'm gosh. going in there. And I'm like, well, I'm not going in there. I'm not some perv. You know, <laughs> my porn's at home. You know, and I'm sitting there for like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. I'm like, what is he doing there? I look at my watch. Yeah, I got a confirmation class to be at a church soon. And I'm sitting in the parking lot of some filthy bookstore oh, waiting man. for the best friend to get out. It just dawned on me, you got a lot of, you know, good friends, but you don't have friends that are good. Wow. Yeah. I actually, that's a super interesting note to consider is like when you are in this moment of, there's this really cool word, I think it's Greek metanoia, mm-hmm. where, where you, you turn your life around, you turn yeah. around. Um, and when I encountered my opportunity for metanoia uh, to turn everything around, I had to make some really stark choices of like literally ending certain friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the sense of like, I don't care about you anymore, but it was like, uh, 
I can't allow you to influence my life anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I still will engage with these people. I'll still talk to them. I'll still pray for them, but I won't like spend extended amounts of time in an, in an environment, you know, you work at a pizzeria, you're going to smell like pizza. Yeah. You, whatever you soak yourself in, you're going to smell like, you're going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you know, on this note, on the note of, of the, the progression, the journey towards Jesus and the metanoia, I think it's the perfect time. For the Kerygma Speed Round. All right, Jason, are you ready for the Kerygma Speed Round? We'll find out soon enough. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is, who is Jesus to you? Uh, the bread of life. Okay. Boom. That's a great answer. Yeah. I love that. Second question, what is your elevator pitch for a life with Jesus? Um, John Paul II said that every man who seeks the kingdom of God will find himself. Everybody wants to find themselves. Yeah. Seek him and you'll find yourself in the That's process. awesome. I love that. Okay, third question okay. and final question of the Kerygma Speed Round. What is your elevator pitch specifically for life as a Catholic? Um, make a gift of yourself. Yeah, make a gift of yourself because holiness is not about being put in some little mold. Yeah. You know, but you look at the uniqueness of the saints. They're so radiantly unique. Sin dulls our personality, whereas mm. sainthood is the full bloom of the human person. Wow. Okay. Make a gift of yourself, people. I know I want to. <laughs> All right. That was a great Kerygma speed round, Jason. You nailed it. I, I love that. And I actually, my brain just started going nuts a little bit with that last answer. Um, make a gift of yourself. Like I think about uh, in my own life when I've been resistant to the church, I think a lot about uh, feeling resistant to being told what to do, how to live your life, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, it's one thing to disagree with ideas in the church but it's another thing to dis like not want to be bossed around, right? Yeah. Like, why are these white old guys in, in Rome telling me how to live my life? Yeah. What are they doing in my bedroom? You know, yeah. um, and I think that that idea of making a gift of yourself, like not not to the church explicitly, although that's good too in a different way. Yeah. But really, making a gift of yourself to God, like allowing yourself to be His mm -hmm. rather than being your own God. Yeah. And a lot of times in our false attempts to find freedom, we end up as slaves. Yeah. I'm not having some guy tell me in Rome what to do. Well, you know who's telling what you do? Your hormones. Yeah. They own you. <laughs> like where they go, you follow. And mm. so it's not a matter of like not having a master. It's a matter of who that's going to be. Like do, is who's going to be Lord over me? Is it going to be the, the Lord? Because if not, someone else is going to move into that space. Wow. And so it's. I heard a definition of freedom once that was interesting. The person said freedom um, is not simply the freedom to do you know what you, whatever you want to do. He said freedom is actually the ability to do what you don't want to do in order to do what is good. Wow. And it was really an interesting twist yeah. of just like, yeah, I want to do that, but I know what's right and I'm going to choose this. Having that freedom instead of just being dictated by ourselves and our own homeworns to what we want instead of what is truly good. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know how much you've been keeping up on like current events with like, you know, different political stuff in, within the church, different like people mm -hmm. that disagree with each other about things in the church. People disagree with each other? In the church? I, I, I don't I know what that's that, about. It's yeah. a very recent thing. I didn't see that it, episode. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, most yeah. recently, there are like these two potential schisms that are being considered mm -hmm. right now in the church. Yeah. I don't know if you heard this. Um, the first of them is those who want to believe, and, and it's nonsensical to me, um, that your last name is pronounced Everett. Oh, yes. This is potential schism. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those who are uh, fully matured uh, spiritually, you know, more, they, have, yeah. they have a strong ground to stand on in their faith, um, 
Everett. Yeah. Yes. Everett. Everett. Everett would be the correct pronunciation so we can avoid a need for another ecumenical council. Yeah. Just settle it right there. Everett. It yeah. is amazing to me how we just have these words yeah. that just people will just start butchering and it just gets passed on and on and on. Yeah. Like I, I don't mind. I've been called a lot worse things. So Yeah. So the second schism uh, that we're trying to avoid here, uh-huh. uh, and hopefully there's something we can do uh, right here on this show to resolve it. There, There's the portion of the church um, that wants to put an end to the Catholic Weird Stuff segment on the Awakened Catholic Show. No, we can't and have then, that. No, we can't have that. So th- we're going to kind of lean into that other side, and, and hopefully you know, they'll have evangelizers and uh, make stuff happen for the Catholic Weird Stuff segment, which we're going to continue right now. Catholic Weird Stuff. Why do they do the things that they do? Let's learn some Catholic Weird Stuff. It's a Today we're going to be talking about what this whole thing is with natural family planning which ties directly into the theology of the body. So you may have heard of something called NFP, that's natural family planning, and you may have heard, like I have heard on many occasions, isn't that just Catholic contraception or isn't that just the rhythm method? Or you know, it's like, no, no, no. So, so Jason, set us straight here. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's kind of like, well, are you going to like let grandmother die of old age or are you going to murder her? I feel like there's a little bit of that at play here, but like, give yeah. us, give us a, a solid, like, just preliminary. What's the deal? Yeah. Well, the, the the use of the word birth control, I think, confused a lot of people because the church is not against controlling births. Okay. The church is not saying you need to indiscriminately have as many children as physically possible or otherwise you're displeasing God. That's what a lot of people think. And so they're like, well, we can't afford that psychologically, mm. financially. Well, forget the church. We need to use contraception. Other people think NFP is the outdated old calendar rhythm method. Mm-hmm. You know, that had a failure rate of like 30%. I'm a fan of that because my parents tried it. It didn't work and I'm here. So that's a really good deal for me. But, so we want people yeah, to use the yeah, rhythm. So, so natural family planning, today it's more than 99% effective and spacing out kids. But we need to also understand it's not that NFP is the default. Like uh, get married, use NFP instead of contraception. Like, good mm-hmm. Catholics use NFP. Bad Catholics use contraception. Now, good Catholics realize children are the supreme gift of marriage. Yeah. The default position is openness to the gift of life. And so there are though good reasons sometimes that maybe now is not the time to have another kid. Like I met one couple on the East Coast, their friends got married. They got pregnant with twins. A month after they had the twins, her fertility came back. (laughs) She got pregnant (laughs) with triplets. No, she didn't. (laughs) So within the first year of marriage, they had created five human lives. So by their second wedding anniversary, they had five in diapers. And so you can understand maybe after those first five uh, in the first two years, Maybe it's good to take a little break. You yeah. know, maybe we need a little bit of sanity, heal the sleep deprivation going on. And that could be an example of where a couple might want to use natural family planning. And mm. so what it taught me as a husband is like, my wife's body is really perfect. She doesn't need shots and pills and drugs and barriers and plastic. She just needs to be understood. Because mm. if we can understand her fertility, then instead of like suppressing it with chemicals to conform to our desires, we just kind of conform our desires to the way our body's already been perfectly made. And so yeah. to me, it's like, it's real sexual liberation. And it's also amazing. Like I knew one couple, they had a conversion, quit using contraception, started ch- charting the wife's fertility. And it's something you do as a couple together. And the husband's like, well, that that doesn't look right. That part of your chart and shouldn't this be happening there? I think something's wrong. And they said, well, let's go to the doctor. They went to the, the OBGYN who's teaching NFP. And the husband's like, I don't think that that's, the way it's supposed to be on the chart. And the doctor said, your husband's right. There is something definitely wrong. I think it could be this a thyroid issue. We need to get this addressed today. I need you to send you down to the lab. We need to do some tests. So they found out she had a cancerous tumor on her thyroid. They oh operated the gosh. next day and they saved her life. 
because she was using NFB. Holy crap. If she was just burying that under all these synthetic potent sex hormones of contraception using condom, they never would have known. So you're holding in your hands your own reproductive health chart with NFP that tells you a lot more than just can you have a baby now or not? Yeah. Because it's great too if you're struggling with fertility, you can pinpoint the time where you're most fertile in the month in case you want to grow the family. Yeah. And so it's not just this Russian roulette of mm-hmm. a bunch of Vatican celibates telling you what to do in the bedroom. Right. It's a real gift. And and some of those benefits really come when you've been doing it for some amount of time so that you can see where the inconsistencies kind of might crop up or something, right? Yeah, you can't just like start it next month and realize, oh, I have a tumor. Like yeah. you have to see some patterns. and. Well, yeah, and, and, and ideally a woman should learn to use NFP before she's even married because, yeah. I mean, it's just healthy to know your own reproductive health chart instead of just taking your fertility for granted that mm-hmm. everything's going on normal because there, there could be other stuff going on, whether it's endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome and all kinds of stuff that charting can play a big role into helping to diagnose what's the real issue instead of just throwing the girls on the pill, which really treats symptoms more than the actual disease. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you might not end up finding what the real source of the issue is. It could evolve and become something worse. Like there's so much there. And then I also think about some of the uh, I think it's Dr. Janet Smith. Uh, she has a CD about, or a CD, yeah, yeah. how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a cassette. <laughs> Anyways, um, Janet Smith talks about uh, the history of the pill. And I couldn't believe, I literally couldn't believe my ears back when I used to, you know, drive the Flintstones car and yeah. have a CD player. Yeah. Um, like, literally, from what I recall of this, and if you remember something, you know, differently, correct me, but like, from what I recall... The pill was originally being engineered for men, and then they saw that it made their testicles smaller. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, oh, we can't do that to men, so let's yeah. experiment on women instead. Yeah. And then they had much worse symptoms, and they were like, it works! Yeah, yeah, they were <laughs> so, testing on both the men and the women in the Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic because you can't test on the American women, so let's go to a developing nation. Because oh that gosh. way, they can't hire some high-powered attorney to sue the pharmaceutical company for treating us like guinea pigs, so let's go down to the poor. And so, yeah, the the men had a slight shrinkage in the testes. They're like, forget it, no pill for me. And then three of the girls died, and they just adjust the dosage, kept testing on the women because and even today all forms of hormonal contraception for women exist for men they have birth control pills for men patches implants shots they've got all of it for men but the pharmaceutical companies say they're not really going to develop it um, and market it because they said well for one guys aren't really going to want to take it like they don't give me that stuff Put it in the woman's body. That's, that's her pregnancy is her thing. And then also they said investors are concerned that men will be more aggressive in terms of litigation when we start suffering the way the women have for decades. And that'll be bad wow. for the investors. And so they said just keep giving it to the ladies. And, give and, give and the men you, just contraception. When you hear that, you you look at that history. It's just there's such a different spirit about it. Oh. Um, it, it's it's evil. It's it's it dark. It it hurts people. I mean, I know I know some women who because of the pill they they they've dealt with incredible weight gain since starting the pill. I've I've uh, yeah. I've seen some women that have had major blood clot issues because of the pill. The estrogen. Um, and like we, it's just it's all of this like unless you're taking it because your doctor recommended it for some other thing, and maybe there's another solution for you in case you're watching or listening. Yeah. Um, but like it's all in this in this desperate need to control mm-hmm. and not knowing a that you don't need to be in control yeah but b if you need to help god avoid yeah. a pregnancy yeah. there's a better more loving and more yeah. beautiful way that like you know you can sing kumbaya with your fertility while yeah. you're avoiding pregnancy yeah yeah uh you know and god wants you to be able to control your body the t- people on birth control the ones who don't want to control their bodies 
they want to leave it up to the chemicals to control their body for them. Mm. You know, that that's the deeper issue. But yeah, I mean, if you, like four doctors in a row told my wife she needs the pill for medical reasons back when we were engaged. Got painful cramps, this and that going on. And we went to a world-renowned gynecologist and I asked him how many girls need the pill for medical reasons. He said, oh, thankfully, virtually none. We have all the treatments and medicine today. He healed her without the pill. She's been perfectly fine ever since. And like our website, chastity.com, if you go to chastity.com slash pill, we've got lists of doctors nationwide that you can contact for this wow. stuff. Because even he said, he said, you know what the pill is? He says lazy gynecology. He said they've made barely any progress in women's health in 50 years because the doctors are so busy dishing out the pills instead of actually diagnosing because they're treating symptoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. bad cramps, take a pill. Yeah. Okay, well, how come if I get off the pill, the cramp comes back? It's because you never treated the underlying issue, yeah. which takes more effort. And so, yeah, it is a way overprescribed. And, yeah. and there's so many side effects you shouldn't even have to worry about going on, like the weight gain, mood swings, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's potent sex hormones. Yeah. So how does this tie into Catholic weird stuff? Yeah. Well, NFP, natural family planning, something it's a technology that the church like is fully behind. Like this is so good and in conformity with with Catholic teaching on human dignity and it's even better for your body. Like all around it's better for your relationship, it's better for your marriage. Um it's natural, right? Like that's isn't that the thing nowadays? Be be a hipster, be natural. Yeah. You know, don't don't let your kid eat anything that came out of a plastic carton because it might have gotten some kind of interaction with the chemicals of the plastic and the carton. Like, yeah. but we're taking the pill. Yeah. Like, don't play with Legos because they're plastic. But let me take the pill. No, like the church loves you. The church wants you to to live a good and healthy life, uh, both inside and out. And I, I think that that's a lot of where this push that you hear about comes from for natural family planning is that. You can you can suffer less, yeah, and you can have a beautiful, healthy, thriving uh, sex life in your marriage as a result of that. That mm -hmm. otherwise is so much easier to fall into use using each other, or you know. Yeah. So, but I think you know that that little statement I just said is the perfect segue into the rest of our show. So, you, yeah, you. You know you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awaken Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River Cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, and more. Sacre bleu! Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Jason, you, you've you've authored, you've penned. Yeah. I don't know if you used a pen or not. You've yeah. penned. Feather quill. Yeah. You've penned some books. Huh. I got two of them right here. How many, Do you know how many books in total you've, you've uh, been a part of creating? I think it's about 17. That's amazing. That's not something that the average Joe can yeah. do. I have lots of plane rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what we got here is a book called Forged and a book called The Dating Blueprint. So tell us about these books. Yeah, well, the, the Dating Blueprint is a book that came out. We wrote a book for the girls, single, young adult women, college girls, became real popular, uh, How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul. And people are like, well, where's the book for guys? And I'm like, guys don't read, okay? Uh, and they're like, no, you know, we're literate or whatever. So we wrote this book for the guys because we realized, like, 
Guys are not real good at dating, mm-hmm. and that's because we don't operate well with abstract principles. Be a gentleman. Like, uh, great. You know, <laughs> we really need specific guidelines. And if we know what we're supposed to do, we can do a really good job, but nobody teaches guys how to date. Yeah. And the girls have all these expectations, but they don't feel like it's their place to tell us what they wish we knew. And so I said, let me just breach the gap. And I got on social media. We got like 100,000 followers who are single females. And I said, girls, what do you just wish the guys knew? On how do you want to be asked out? How do you not want to be asked out? All, mm. You know, first date, not first date. Tell me, and then I'll just put it in the book. And they submitted like 30,000 words of feedback within hours, and it was gold. And and now we're delivering this to the guys of not even how to ask her out, but how to break up and how not to ghost a girl Ooh. and just disappear and nice. like just all this kind of stuff. And the guys are eating it up. One guy emailed me. He's like, it worked. I did what you said, and I've had a girlfriend for six months, and it's just been amazing. And <laughs> just how to put the stupid cell phone down and look a girl in the eyes, be intentional, be courageous, be clear, and take a risk. Mm-hmm. Girls love it. Mm-hmm. It's like, thank goodness we've got a guy who's not too much of a coward to hide behind his cell phone every time he wants to swipe into a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, talk to me in the face. Don't go through my friends. Ask me out. Use the word date. Plan it. You know, and the guys, when they know, okay, that's what she wants. Okay, game on. Let's go. Yeah. And um, and making sure you're ready to date, not only at the right time, but the right person mm. and that you're the right person, and that you're ready to ask for her to enter a relationship instead of inviting her in when the house is a disaster. I mean, clean the house first, you know, Mm -hmm. then invite her in. And so that's kind of the dating blueprint book. And then the forge is so many guys kept coming to us like, Oh man, I'm hooked on porn. I can't break free. I keep messing up with my girlfriend. How do I start over? And we'd give them like, Hey, well check out this podcast and listen to this app and you know, and then I thought, man, I wish we had just one stop shop with every advice we could possibly give. So I got with Matt Fred and we're like, let's do a 33 day journey for guys that every day it's a different spiritual weapon that they need to use, but not just like spiritual, but theological, psychological, neurological, relational, sociological, approaching it from a fully human perspective. And so every day you get different spiritual exercise, meditation, and then you get a free video on your phone from me, Father Mike Schmitz, Father Jacques Philippe, Matt Fred, Chris Stefanik, Sister Miriam James, Mother Miriam. Every day it's somebody new giving you a little four minute kick in the pants. Wow. And that by the end of the time the book's over, it's not like a money back guarantee. You're going to be free from porn for life. It's, right. it's, these are the weapons you're going to need in your arsenal every day to win and fight this journey. So is the idea that as you're reading the book, you're getting these daily videos? Yeah, every day you get a new video first thing in the morning shows up on your phone. Okay, and does it correlate to parts of the book or can you just no, blast through the book? No, you need to do it one day at a time. One day at a time. So it's like a devotional. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, 33 days to, toward freedom. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, what a cool project. I, I love that. That's so important. Um, and we don't sell them in individual copies. You have to do it with somebody else. Oh, interesting. We may, you only can buy them in pairs. So we want guys, campus ministries doing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want to go Lone Ranger and win in this battle, good luck to you. Oh, yeah. You, know, no, you, you need accountability. And so 100%. We, build, we build it in. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I personally, I can say, like, I have an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's really cool. Like it goes so far beyond that at this point. Like it goes beyond just holding each other accountable when it comes to lust, pornography, that kind of stuff. It's yeah. also just like we uh, are, we have a deep brotherhood and we will like pray over each other for different things. Um, and I, you know, I just want to encourage viewers, listeners, if, if you're like, oh, how am I going to get an accountability partner? Well, or, you know, don't, don't put in the effort and like keep struggling, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, like find someone that you can trust and that, that, and make sure you're someone that someone else can trust. And, uh, when, when you need help, you know, you reach out to each other and, and you pray for each other. Um, so I, man, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, so make sure to check out forged at, at chastity.com. Right. Mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm. And then also the dating blueprint. Uh, so if you're, if you're like, why, why can't I keep a girlfriend or why do I not have a girlfriend? You know, yeah. 
You got the blueprint right here. Yeah. It's about time, Jason. It's and we got lots time. of stuff for girls too, but those are just some of the guys. Yeah. Stuff we have. I think I remember when I was a youth minister, I, I used to give out a book of yours. It might have been like co-authored between you and Crystalina that like on the one side it was for boys. So and yeah, you theology it over. of his body, theology of her body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was always a, a hit. People liked that oh, a lot. Good. 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 Yeah. I, th- I think that there's this this hunger to understand each other. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, even even amongst men, and this isn't something that is readily discussed enough, probably, but like in in brotherhood and, and in fraternity, like uh, one man to the next, you know, it's so there's so much social pressure to fit a certain mold or to you know be the man or you know whatever, mm-hmm. and it, and it really kind of can prevent us from de- entering into a deeper relationship because there's a lack of vulnerability in those friendships, yeah, yeah. and so understanding each other as men is super important, but then all the more so. When you're talking to someone of the opposite gender, yeah, you know, g- getting to a point where, like, and I think books like what you just described, the dating blueprint, like, these are really cool opportunities to kind of like come to a deeper understanding of the other person involved in this yeah. situation, and I think that that can make a really, really big difference. Yeah, and you make so much more progress just being around the right type of guys. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and he mentioned that another husband, dad that he knows, he's like, yeah, you know, Matt, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember from college. He's like, yeah, man, Matt gets up two hours before his kids every school morning, so he's got two hours to pray um, to get his day ready and to be the spiritual wow. leader he needs to be for that family. And it was just one sentence in that conversation I had in passing, but like, I've been marinating on that for like months of just like, yeah, I get up a little early for prayer, like, but like, dude, two hours, it's like, but, but it was just a real check of just like, wow. I mean, just simple conversations like that when you're with the right people can mm-hmm. really give you these little nuggets to hold on to. And in the, in the forged book, there was one guy that I was reading as I was researching this, he kind of opens up to his friend, like, dude, I'm, I'm really having trouble in the marriage. And the guy's like, well, what's going on? He said, I haven't told anybody. And this is a real good Christian guy. He's opening up to, he's like, look, I'm, I'm going to prostitutes. I'm cheating on my wife. I'm going to strip clubs. I'm looking at porn. I'm struggling with masturbation. I'm just, like the whole nine yards. And his good Christian friend looks at him and says, well, you know, if what you really want to do is look at porn and masturbate, then go ahead and do it. And he's like, like <laughs> what? And he knew this guy to be like a good upstanding Christian guy. And he's like, what? And the guy's like, yeah, like if what you really want to do is look at porn and masturbate, then go ahead and do it. And his friend kind of hits the table. He's like, look, that's not what I want to do. And his friend said, exactly. And for him, it was this watershed moment wow. of like, wait a minute, I'm, my deepest desire is not some, to be some depraved, unfaithful loser. My deepest desire is to be a noble, sacrificial, heroic, faithful husband. Mm-hmm. There's good in me still. You know, and so just that one little conversation just pivoted his whole Amen. life. But yeah. he wouldn't have come to that realization if he struggled with all this shame and isolation by himself. He like yeah. exposed the wound yes. to a physician who could just be like, boom. Yeah. And and so that's that's what we just deprive ourselves so much when we're just living as lone rangers. Oh, amen. Amen. So I think that's a great note to end on, Jason. Uh you and I need to get to an event. But yeah. I just wanted to say um that along those lines, if you're interested in getting an accountability partner, opening up to someone, being vulnerable and inviting them to do the same, check out Forged, go through it together, thirty three days, and then you have those videos that go along with it. Super, super worth it. Uh and then uh check out the dating blueprint, also a great recent book from Jason. Jason, any parting words? I would just ask the prayers of our listeners for yeah. your family, for mine, and just to be assured of ours in prayer. Because, you know, St. Therese of Lisieux said it's a much better thing to talk to God than to talk about him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's easier to sit here for a half hour, have a great conversation, but the real conversation is the one between Amen. him and us. So let's just pray for each other. Amen. I love that. And uh, so people can find you at chastity.com. Yeah. You're on Instagram as I think Jason Everett. Jason Everett. Same thing with okay. uh, yeah, YouTube, Twitter. Um, we've got the podcast, Lust is Boring. All that stuff you can find right at Chastity. All right. 
Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks so much for being with me here today with us. And uh, I have been Nick Delatore. This has been Jason Everett. Everett. And this has been the Awakened Catholic Show. Everybody, until next time, I just want you to know one thing. Jesus loves you. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.